You know, many churches uh, these days have gone online, uh, we being one of those churches. In fact, I probably know uh, fewer churches that are not online than I know that are, and it used to be the opposite of that, you know, before uh, coronavirus has come. And that has definitely been like one of the biggest reasons for sure, but there's other reasons that people have gone online. In fact, a lot of churches were online uh, before, you know, this happened. And some of those reasons are, you know, just it gives our shut-ins an opportunity to be, you know, with us and see what's going on uh, to, to worship away from us, but to worship kind of with us in, in that way. Uh, it's also like when you travel, which we just did recently, and because we were online, we were able to tune in to what was going on here and listen to Boyd uh, and take communion with you guys, even though we were separated. Uh, and so that was really nice. Um, and there's, there's, you know, just other times that, in fact, one of the reasons that a lot of churches went online uh, way before coronavirus is just because in our culture today, uh, some people, if they're looking for a church to go to, they would like to see what the church is like before they even walk into the doors. And, and for the most part, they have that ability now. They just have to go and check out their websites and watch some of their services that are there. And so that's another reason. And we've already decided here at Westside that even after coronavirus is uh, no longer a thing, and boy, do I wish that was tomorrow. Um, but uh, we are still going to continue to do our online service um, because we have just decided that there is benefit uh, for doing so. Uh, some of the reasons so I, I just mentioned to you, but guess what? We just came up with another one the last couple of weeks, didn't we? Uh, last week we had 11 people, including myself, here in this building because of our weather. So even that's another thing or a reason to do so. If we wouldn't have been online, I don't, I don't know. It was something that was encouraging to me, and it's the first time I've ever been encouraged when we have 11 people in this room, right? Uh, but it was something encouraging to know that I, many of you were at home or wherever you were um, and watching with us uh, last week, even though that you couldn't make it in. And uh, and. And I encourage a lot of people to stay home. Man, it, that's a wise decision. That would be a good thing for you to do because it was, it was nasty. Um, but I have to be honest with you. I resisted this online thing for the longest period. You know, I really was just dragging my feet. And there's a couple reasons for that. One of them is, is just kind of a selfish reason. Man, this is a lot of work. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of work to try to get all of this stuff together and just add, you know, a whole other element to it. And, and who's going to do it? You know, that's what I always told myself, you know, because somebody's got to learn to man this stuff and do this stuff. And I don't want to do just a, you know, a halfway job if we were going to do something like that, because I don't know that that makes us look good. Um, and, uh, and so I just have my own selfish reasons, right? Um, and uh, little did I know that I lived with a guy that could do this, you know. Um, and uh, there, he and Thomas, and now we got a whole other group of people that have signed up, and, and that's really cool. But another reason that I really dragged my feet is that I was, I was just kind of scared. As a preacher, I was just scared where that would lead us to, you know, because I, I, I just know 
that God designed the church to be part together, to be a fellowship. And I was just like, man, would that just give us too many reasons to not gather together? Too many excuses that would be real easy. I mean, oh, I just, I'm tired. I don't really want to. Let's just stay in bed and then we'll get some coffee and watch church at home. You know, I was just, I was afraid about that kind of stuff. And so there was just those kinds of reasons. Um, you know, hey, let's go to the lake and we'll just watch it while we're in there on our boat or out there on our boats or something. And I was terrified as a preacher, was terrified of that because there are reasons that God has created, you know, us to come together like this. And I think the number one, if we were to make a list, it would be a pretty lengthy list, but I think the number one thing that would be up there is that God deserves his people to come together to worship him. You know, that's the number one reason for the church, right, is to worship God. And, um, and God is so good. And when we make time, you know, when, when, we, when we make time and we make sacrifices, because every time we do come together, I realize that it, there are sacrifices that have to be made. Um, I remember... And it's hard to remember, but before I was a preacher and it was like my job to be here, uh, that's, you know, I literally had to uh, choose to be here. And through that choosing is, is choosing not to do something else, you know. And, but that adds value to God, doesn't it? When we are choosing to get up when we're tired and still be there, when we're choosing to be around people, because part of my job is to encourage people, not just myself, and be you know, a selfish worshiper and things like that, it, it ends up adding value to our worship and, uh, of God. And I just think that that's really important for us to understand. I don't know that there's really a a better way. Of course, you know, his word commands us. Don't give up meeting regularly as some are in the habit of doing. And of course, we all talked about this many times, but that's, he's talking to a persecuted church when he was saying that. They would have every reason under the sun to not, you know, get up and go to a, a, a collective community like this. But, but he encouraged it. But I don't know that there's any better way to show God how much we value him than for us to continue to do this, right? And so that just, I'm just kind of being honest about, you know, where I was on this. But I think online service is awesome now. I'm definitely a promoter of it where I was probably not uh, before all this happened. Um, I see it as a compliment to our uh, worship in God and our church as a whole, it's, it's, it's like a supplement. It's kind of like reading a um, uh, Max Licato book or, or some, you know, some other Christian author that you enjoy reading. It, it would be a supplement to your understanding of God's Word or, you know, just that kind of thing. But it should not have, Max Licato should not replace the Bible, Right. He should not replace us being in God's Word. And so the most important thing for us to, to realize if we were to, what, what books are the most important to us, the Bible should always be at the very top of that list. That's the one that we should regularly be in, and that's the one that we put all of our trust in. But it's okay to have a Max Lucado book or, or you know, a, a, a C.S. Lewis book or anything like that. Those are fine. They complement our Christianity and stuff, but they shouldn't replace, 
you know, God or the Bible or things like that. And that's kind of the way, in, in a little bit of a, a way that I see this, you know, online streaming is really to our advantage. It's a compliment. It can really enhance, just like what we experienced last week, but it shouldn't replace it. And I think that, you know, we, we understand that. There's these things that you cannot duplicate, right? How do you worship online and, and have that human interaction? I mean, you can with the people that you're worshiping with, you know, your husband, wife, your kids, and stuff like that. But you can't with God's family, God's kids, God's children. Uh, you just can't duplicate that. You can't, you can't hear each other singing, and uh, although the mask definitely interferes with that, uh, I bet Matthew kind of gets a little frustrated that he's up here singing and, and hears this muffled sound coming from the audience. Uh, but, uh, but still, it, it's, there's just something about being in a room and listening to each other that is more uplifting than sitting on your couch uh, or your recliner, you know, and hearing it from a, a TV. Um, and there, there's just no, and that's, we could talk about that being the same way with like prayer, you know, hearing somebody pray in public is different than hearing somebody pray through a TV. In fact, be my guess, that's probably when you start checking your, your texts or something, uh, because it just seems to be a little different. Uh, and that's nothing compared to the handshakes, the hugs. And even though they're lacking right now because of all of the corona, there's still this human contact, um, just seeing people and being able to uh, verbally you know, say good morning and how are you and having those conversations and stuff. Um, there's encouragement that we give as well as receive, right? And you can't give encouragement when you're through a TV station. So um, all of that said, there is such value. And, and yet there's also things that there's just no way to replace what we got going on here. But last week I was so thankful for it, you know, and just really encouraged that what we're doing with the, the uh, um, online stuff is important for us. Um, but it also got me thinking of this. In fact, my sermon that I have chosen to preach today came from last week. I was sitting down here, and it was just God was speaking to me, and it was just like he was encouraging me. We need to have a conversation about how to worship online. Like when you are at home, because we're all going to be there. We were pretty much all there last week. But at some time in the future, we're going to be there again. Um, and whether we're on a trip or, you know, homesick or whatever it would be, uh, we'll be worshiping online again. And we ought to have a conversation about some suggestions on how to enhance that, to make it worshipful. Because what's the number one reason for us to come as a church together? is to worship God, right? He deserves it. And so uh, he deserves us to do... Our best to do our best when it comes to worshiping Him. And so um, I want to give you some suggestions, and I call them suggestions because that's what they are. You know, there's sometimes we get up here and thou shall do this, or this is what the Lord says, and those aren't suggestions, those are commands. Those are, those are you know, 
This is what God wants us to do. If this morally, this is how we should be. And those aren't things that we can debate and say, well, I don't think I want to do that, Mike. <laughs> well, you, you can choose not to do that, but you are completely being disobedient if you don't. You know, those kinds of things. But what I'm going to give you today is not that. You can go home, you know, the next time you online worship and do none of this. And, and I don't know that you would be disobedient to God. But I do think that these things would enhance you honoring God in your online worship. And so that's why I call them suggestions. Um, so before we do that, though, I'm going to give you some suggestions. But before we do that, I just want us to remind ourselves, like, um, why we worship, like we, we were just talking about. And, you know, my first purpose in life is to worship God. The moment that I really understood who God was and I surrendered to him was the moment that I realized that's my first purpose in life, is to give him honor, to, to submit myself to him, and to worship him. Um, and so here's, here's the first thing, is, and that is, worship is my response of God's love. You see, once I realized that, that Jesus Christ saved me from my sins, and I put my trust in him, the more, it, it was just instantaneous that I wanted to worship this God. And I think that that's just the, the natural response, right, of God's love. When we really truly understand and feel the love of God in our lives, it's to want to please him and want to honor him and to glorify him. You know, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, it's, it says, on going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. And so it just reminds us that when, when Jesus came into this world. The moment he came into this world, people worshipped him. As a very young child, people worshipped him. Why? Because what does it tell us in John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son to save us. You know, that who believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. He gave his one and only son. It was this love from God that we got this little baby, Jesus. And when people recognize that this little baby was special and from God, what did they do? They worshiped him. He deserves that, right? And not only did he enter the world that way, but he exited the world that way. Every time Jesus showed up after his resurrection, what does it say to, to us about that? They bowed and worshiped him. Uh, and one of them is in Matthew chapter 28, verse 9, verse 9, it says, And behold, Jesus met them, saying, Greetings. And they came up, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. And rightly so. You know, and that's, that's, just, that's just a natural response when you understand who Jesus is, what he's done for you, is a desire to want to worship him. So when we get to these suggestions, there are suggestions that we should, we should tr see if they would fit with us, right? And if they would make us worship better, then why would we not try to implement them into our lives? Because it's all about making, you know, Jesus all during our time, during our time together here or our time together, you know, where we are 
if it can enhance that, we should want to do that because he deserves that. And that goes back to the second thing here I just want to mention real quick, and that is that worship is giving back to God. That's what it is. Not only is it, is it a response, you know, worship is my response to God's love, but it also is my opportunity to give back to God what he deserves. No way can we, uh, you know, outgive God. No way can we even, you know, give back, you know, equally to God. There's zero chance, and I know that you know that. But we can give back. We, there are things we can, these tokens of appreciation that we can give God. And part of that is why we come here. When we get into our cars and we drive and we come to this building, it is one of the things that we know we are doing is we are offering God ourselves. You know, our time, our, our opportunity. And so it's like a token of appreciation is what we are offering. And we can do that at home as well, but he deserves that. You know, worship is, is about that. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 10, this is where we have Jesus. You know, he was in the desert for 40 days, hungry, tired, just not physically drained, emotionally, spiritually probably low, uh, at least vulnerable, right? And then Satan comes. And Satan's tempting Jesus with this and this. And one of the things that Satan tempts Jesus with is if you will bow down and what? Worship me, I'll give you everything. And what does Jesus respond to that? He responded, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Even at one of Jesus' most vulnerable times of his life, he was not about to not make it all about God, to worship God, because he believed that God deserves that. It was his opportunity to give back to God, like to show... It's, it's when we are at our lowest point and we choose to worship is the, is the point we make God... We show God how valuable he truly is in our life. Does that make sense? You know, I mean, when, when, it's when we want to be here, and it's not that we don't elevate God, but when we don't want to be here and we're here is when we elevate him even more because there's more sacrifice there. Um, and so Jesus, when he is really low and still told Satan, I'm not going to worship you, and you're not going to keep me from worshiping God because that's who I serve. And it reminds me of like Matthew chapter 15, verse 7, when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, the people who claimed to be worshipers of God, right? The, the religious people of the day, this is what he said. He says, you hypocrites, well, well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, the people honor, the people honors this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they, do they worship me, teaching as doctrine the commandments of men. And he, he was getting on to them because their worship was not really worship. You know, it was, it was not really honoring God. It was maybe making it about, you know, some man-made thing or, or something, but it was not... It was not really focused on 
elevating God with their time that they were spending. And that's a challenge, I think, that we all embark on, whether we are online or whether we are here together, is to make this about God and not about some other thing outside of that. You know, it's great that we have relationships and friendships, and it's great that, you know, that there's other benefits for coming together, but, but if, if, if we lack coming together for the purpose of uh, giving back to God and worshiping Him, then it's kind of in vain, right? Um, we're just honoring Him with our lips instead of with our heart. And so just recognizing that this is an opportunity, whether we're online or whether we're here, is that we are here in this moment and time to uh, give back to God in that way. Here's the third thing, and that is that worship is focusing our, our attention on God. And all of these are overlapping to some degree, but they, they're, they're, they're all very important individually too. You know, worship is my response to God's love. Worship is giving back to God and understanding that. And worship is focusing my attention on God. Because that's what we really have to pay attention to. You know, we, we are, ever since we were little, we had our parents tell us, you know, pay attention. Uh, when we were in school, you know, we were always got our teachers telling us, pay attention. Why do they want us to pay attention? You don't pay attention, you miss out. You don't pay attention, you don't get it, Right. Uh, you, you, you're not able to grow. You're not able to uh, progress. And there's just a lot of that as well. And, and it's important for us when we worship is for us to really give him our attention, our focus. And I know that this is a real struggle. It's easy for me to stay focused up here. You know why? Because I'm trying to think of the very next thing I'm going to say to you and trying to stay on target. Uh, but when when I sat where you sat, I know how difficult that that can be. There's so many things going on in our life, right? It's so easy to just be in a moment, and then the next thing you know, you're just off into some other, you know, little world, uh, solving some problem. You're going to, you know, like what you're going to cook for lunch or what it is, you know. And, and I know what that's like, and so it's just, we just have to continue to battle that and continue to try to, to be disciplined enough to train ourselves to give him our attention. This is his moment. I remember always with, with the youth, you know, just trying to help them understand, because there's times that it's okay to talk and to get crazy. There's times to get off track and stuff like that. But when we pray, I used to always tell the kids when we pray, that is us talking to God. That's not for us to draw attention to ourselves. It's not for us to, you know, be thinking and focus on other things. Let's, let's focus on, you know, God. Or we're like when we read God's word, let's realize that this is God speaking. Would you interrupt God, you know? Well, then let's don't interrupt him while his word's being spoken. And I think as grown-ups, when we are in worship for an hour or so, for us to really do the best we can to discipline ourselves to try to stay focused, you know, during this time, because um, it gives him honor. In, in uh, Psalm 139, it says, O Lord, you have searched me and known, known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path, my lying down, and are acquainted with all of my ways. And he does, he, he knows us 
so well. And just the, just the sheer fact that we're trying to stay focused, he knows that. You know, if you are a really good teacher and you know your student is, is trying the best they can, they don't have to be an A student or a B student or a C student even to satisfy you as a teacher because you know that they're doing the best that they can, right? But if they are a B student when they could easily be an A student, it's a little frustrating. Just think about God, how perfect he is at judging that, right? He knows us, and he doesn't expect us to be anybody than who we are. And so he knows when we are striving and trying to be focused on him. And, he, and if, he, if we are a sea worshiper and, and we are given our best, he is super satisfied with that. He doesn't need us to you know, be something that we're not. He just wants us to strive to be the best that we can. And that comes from just understanding he knows us that well. Here's what the C, the CEV version says about that. He says, uh, it says, you look deep into my heart, Lord, and you know all about me. You know when I am resting and when I am working. You notice everything I do and everywhere I go. Romans chapter 8, verse 7, it says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, listen to that same verse in the message. It says, focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. Isn't that pretty powerful? Focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God, ends up thinking more about self than God. That person ignores who God is and what he is doing, and God isn't pleased at being ignored. And so just understanding that our time here, whether we are at home worshiping or whether we are here worshiping, our, our objective is to be focused on him and just strive the best we can to be engaged in that way. I had water issues uh, this week. I had. We had. <laughs> I suffered probably the least in this water issue deal, but, uh, um, but we had water issues. I think we've been without water since like Monday or something, isn't it? And uh, our pipes froze up, and so I thought, well, I better get those things thawed out. And uh, so uh, I, MR loaned me one of his uh, shop uh, heaters that just blow out this enormous amount of heat, and I put it on our a um, propane tank and blew it underneath our house. And you know, not too long, man, our drains were finally flushing, and our water was working. Um, and next thing I know, uh, we had a pond underneath our house because our pipes had you know, froze and busted, but it wasn't apparent until I thawed them out. And then it was very apparent that, that we had busted pipes. And you know how it is in most houses, all the pipes just run together. They're just connected together. And so you break one pipe, you just lose, 
you know, pretty much the whole house because you have to shut the water off of the whole house. And so that's kind of the situation that I was in. And so we now have run uh, a new system, but it's not hooked up yet because the one part that I need has not arrived in my house yet. It was stuck in Kansas City because of the weather uh, for a while. And then yesterday they decided not to deliver it because of weather. Um, and uh, so they said Tuesday, but I got a text, MR, that uh, they said that it's going to be delivered today. So we are hopeful um, that we might be back up. But, but the reason I bring that up to you is, is this reason. You know, uh, the line that goes from my well to my house the line and the lines that go, you know, to the faucets and stuff, they have one purpose. What is it? Their purpose is to get water, transport water from this point A to point B, whatever, whichever faucet or whichever way it is. If it does not accomplish that, how valuable is that to me? It's not valuable anymore. You know, if, if it doesn't accomplish its purpose, its purpose is to transport water, right? If, if it accomplishes that, it's very valuable to me. But if it doesn't, then it's no value to me. I, I went under, actually, Jeremiah went under. That's a whole other story. Um, and uh, he's quite the negotiator. I, I went under, and I kind of had one of my panic attacks, because you guys know my story about going under the house. It just like, oh my goodness, it was terrible. I come out, and Andrew's like, what? What was under there? I don't know, but I don't go under there no more. <laughs> and so I said, I think I could get Jeremiah to go under there. He says, I don't remember what Andrew says, but uh, something about it'll cost you or something. And I was, I was ready to pay. So I go to Jeremiah and say, hey, I got a job for you, and it pays. He says, what is it? And I, I said, well, I need you to crawl under and just get some you know, lines and just deliver them to Andrew. That's all you got to do. It's a piece of cake, buddy. And he says, well, how much are you going to pay me? I said, well, how much do you want? He says, $15. I said, I'll pay you 20 Well, after him being under there, he's hollering up through the floor, it's going to be 30 <laughs> Anyway, I'm getting off track, but I was still, still eager to pay it, let me tell you. But we got all our lines run. But the whole point I'm just making is that Andrew or Jeremiah was saying, well, what about these little pipes down here? And I said, I don't care what you do with them. You know, crawl over them, yank them, break them, whatever you want. And they're still under there, but guess what? They are no longer connected to anything. They're worthless to me. You know, they can go to the burn pile. They, they, I don't even, they don't even deserve enough energy to go get them and pull them out. And so they're just going to be left there. You know, Jesus talks a lot about that, doesn't he? About being connected to the vine, about pruning, about, you know, some things are just going to at, one, at some point just be tossed into the fire. Why? Because they are no value to me. And it's just really important for us to understand that when we worship, we are connecting ourselves to the source, to the vine, right? 
And that's when we are understand what our purpose is. That's our true purpose. If, if we lose track of that and understanding of that very thing that this is worship to God, then, then there's not, we've just lost all of our value. Our value is to elevate God, to make him look good, not make us look good, to make it about him, not make it about us. And that's why we come together, whether we are online or whether we are here in person. Um, so, what do I do? Because I want to have a, just a quick conversation, right, about suggestions. The next time that you guys are online, or those that are online right now, these are just suggestions for the purpose of what? To elevate, to enhance, to give God as much worship as we possibly can. So, here's uh, some things that I would like to uh, suggest to you. Number one, set up your area. I think this is really important. And a lot of this is coming from, I've been there, done that. And a lot of this has come from me researching, you know, like suggestions and things as well. But, but now that I have worshipped online as well, I realize that um, there's things that I could do better. Now, these aren't things that necessarily, some of them we do, and, and some of them we haven't done yet, but moving forward, this is my list, okay? This is how I'm going to attempt to do this online thing, uh, just to try to give as much to God as I can. But I think this is an important thing. You know, set up your area is kind of important. Um, just, just make it worshipful. You know, make it a place that you are going to meet with God and to glorify God and to, and so I don't know what it would be for you, but you know, some of you love flowers. I mean, I could see that even just putting a little thing of flowers on the table where you are or in front of the TV or to the side of the TV or something could be kind of uh, just getting yourself ready. It's more of a preparation, right? Before the event of just making sure that mentally and emotionally and spiritually I am ready now to worship God. But getting your, your, your area, cleaning it up, maybe tidying it up, uh, getting rid of all of the stuff that might be a distraction uh, for that time. Uh, here's another one. Get dressed. I think that that's important. I, most of us are old enough that... We went through an era that you wore your best to church. It didn't mean that you had to wear a three-piece suit because you might not own a three-piece suit, but whatever in the the wardrobe that you own, you had your Sunday clothes. You remember this? And and we all, most of us, wore ties back in those days, and we, we dressed. But you know what was, I was told by my parents and my grandparents about that, is you give God your best. Um, and so whatever your best was there. Now, we have gone out of that, and there's nothing wrong with that we've moved out of that, I don't think. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful I'm not having to wear a tie. But at the same time, I think that mindset should have never gone away as far as giving our best to God. And, and when we are home worshiping, I think just preparing ourselves physically for that really begins to start helping us prepare ourselves to give God our best. 
Uh, and it doesn't mean that you have to go get in your best. Uh, we don't do that here. But it may be getting out of your bathrobe. <laughs> you know, might just get ourselves mentally ready uh, uh, for that time. I kind of see it as, you know, if you were going to have a guest, your best friend, come over and you knew ahead of time that they didn't just show up unannounced, but you knew they were coming, would you just stay in your, your pajamas or your bathrobe? And my guess is that most of us would be, no, I would go get, you know, my jeans on, my shirt on. I would try to uh, be ready for my friend. I mean, you're talking about your best friend, too. They've probably seen you in your lowest, but you still would kind of prepare a little bit for them. And I think Jesus is our friend, right? That's what he says about us. And I think just that whole aspect before worship that you just kind of prepare, I think it would help. Uh, again, these aren't, these are not, uh, I started off in pajamas, I kid you not. When we were worshiping there for a while, and I had to listen to myself uh, for a while, I was listening to myself with my cup of coffee and my pajamas, and loving it. But uh, I also realized that I was lacking I think something, a little element that I could have done just a little better about my worship to God. And which leads to the third thing here, and that is don't watch worship. And I think that's that's one of the things that we have to be careful about when we are watching a TV is that we are watching it like we're watching a program. This isn't a program that we, we have to realize that it's different. When we are watching um, Sunday morning worship, we still have to understand that it's worship. It's not a program, and so it's not entertainment is what I'm trying to get at, right? It, it, this isn't them entertaining me, because if we get in that mindset, we're always trying to get away from that even in person to understand that we have an audience of one, right? I'm not, I'm not entertaining for you, and Matthew and Madison, when they're up here, they're not entertaining you. It's not a performance. They are helping lead you to entertain, you entertain, the one true God. He's the audience, right? And we're the performers. That's how we should see worship. We're the performers. And so my heart performing before God, that's what worship is. And so trying to make sure that that's the kind of mindset we have when we are at home, when we are worshiping, is to understand that I am, I'm still the performer here, not the TV is not entertaining me. And so don't get in the habit of seeing it as we watch worship. Uh, see it as worship and that we are the performers. Uh, here's another thing that I think, and I, I it, it took me a few weeks to get through this a little bit too, but sing out loud. If you sing out loud here, you know, maybe you don't sing out loud. Maybe, maybe because I know people that's that way. I, I was that way for many years. I, I worship just as well not singing at all as I did if I sang. Uh, not in a small church setting because everybody knows, you know, that you don't sing. What's wrong with Mike? He's not even singing to God. But but in, in big crowds, when I go to like things at Ozark and stuff, I just love listening to the worship. And I love to just talk, talking to God. And I'm, I am not a multitasker, so if I'm talking to God, I'm having a hard time singing. Um, 
at the same time. And so I, I, I'm not trying to take you out of the way that you worship, but, but if you are a singer, you sing here, you enjoy singing, you should sing at home. You should sing in front of the TV when you're worshiping God. Because isn't that why you're singing? You're singing to God. You're not singing to me when you're here, are you? Uh, you're not singing to Matthew. You're singing to God. And so God is at home as much as he is here. And for us just to try to, try to transfer how we worship God in whatever element that we are in. Here's another one. Don't multitask. And some of you are at home right now that are starting to put down your phone like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, but that's so important, you know, to, to realize I, I, we, are, we are media people. There's a lot of times when I'm away from, I still bring up my, my hard copy, so to speak, from the pulpit just because I think it looks good, even though almost all of my scriptures are usually like right here, right? Um, but it would just feel weird for me to bring my tablet up. That's just me personally. Not that there would be anything wrong with that. And when I'm away, you know, when I worship at Ozark or anywhere else, I usually have just my phone and I have my, my whole Bible program. Every Bible book that I own is, can be accessed right here. Um, and a lot of times I'll just have my phone out for my Bible. Um, but it's, it's really important that that's, that's what we are doing and that we're not trying to multitask like, yeah, this is kind of a boring sermon. I'm going to check my text. Uh, yeah, I wonder what this guy said on Facebook. And, you know, and the next thing you know, it's, it's not worship God, you know, and, and it's, it's all of a sudden we are, our multitasking got us completely diverted from that. And, and at, being at home, I think he's even more so that way, because how many, if, if your mind runs after, you know, squirrels and rabbits and stuff here, just think how it would probably be when you're at home. You know, oh, I need to go throw some wood on the fire. Oh, I need to uh, go get another cup of coffee. Oh, I, um, I mean, I don't know. There's zillions of things that could be done. And so just trying to, when you sit down, you sit down. Okay? It was like what you do here. When you sit down, you sit down. And now we're worshiping God. Now that God's got our attention, he's got our time. Here's another thing that I think is helpful, and that is take notes. Um, Lori is super good at that. She's over there taking notes right now. <laughs> but she does this at home, too. And that's what made me think of this, because uh, I don't do very good at that. Um, but, but when I do do that, I pay attention more. It does help me stay focused more and stay engaged more. And so maybe that would help to uh, be just something you could add on your list of things that uh, might help you worship God again. What is this all about? It's just about giving God the best that we can give him. Um, here's another one. This is, when you are worshiping at home, it is a perfect opportunity to teach your kids. Whereas it's a little more difficult here, right? And here's why. How many of you have a pause button out here in the auditorium right now that you can just shut me up real quick? Nobody. And you're like, man, that would be awesome. <laughs> Uh, but you don't have. But at home you do. I mean, literally you can pause the worship and it'll still go ahead and continue. 
Now, if you pause it too long, you'll get rid of, because this frustrates my mom and dad, where did it go? Because once we do our live stream, we have to upload uh, the finished version, and so we trim it down, and so it's uploaded again. Uh, and But you lose the whole, the whole kit and caboodle, I guess. I don't know what you call it, but... Uh, and so if you pause it too long, you'll, you'll run into that. But if you just pause it for a little while, it's, it's not going to affect it. But just think about that. An opportunity. You're at home and your kids have a question. Here, what do you tell them? Shh, shh. <laughs> They'll talk later or something. But at home, you have a perfect opportunity to just have that conversation, to answer that question with them, to to look up a verse if you, if you need to, or to rewrite it. Or you could even rewind it if you need to. But it's a, a perfect opportunity, I think, to teach kids, uh, uh, you know, to go a little deeper with them. You can even ask them questions. What did you learn about Jesus? You could even pause it right in the middle of it. What changes do we need to make uh, in our lives about what was just said to us. And you could have those conversations. Just think how much deeper you could go in the midst of that. So it could be really an advantage, but treat it as such, uh, as an opportunity. Here's a, here, I got two more. One, one of them is, don't neglect your spiritual health for the sake of your physical health. And I got that one off a, a site, and I think that's it's important because what brought us to online in the first place? It's because everybody was concerned about people's physical health, and I think it was absolutely with what knowledge we knew, we did exactly what we should have done. And, I, and if, with what knowledge we knew at the time, we would have done it again in a heartbeat. Um, and so we were trying to protect the most vulnerable, to pe- protect the people who we thought would really seriously be uh, harmed you know, life or death kind of situation. And so that's why we went online there for a while and only online. Um, But we went online because we wanted to make sure that we didn't neglect our spiritual lives as we went online, right? We got to take care of our our physical, but let's don't neglect the spiritual. And I think that that's just a good lesson for us from here on out too, that we don't neglect the spiritual, that we realize that we need to be fed constantly, just like we need to be fed physically, we need to be fed phys- or spiritually constantly as well. And, uh, and so when we are having a, re- you know, have a reason to go online, whether we are homesick or, or on vacation or something, that we have now the opportunity not to neglect it and to see how important it is for us not to neglect the spiritual. Here's the last thing, and that is, and, and this is just a caution but uh, don't criticize and compare. Um, and that's not just for my ego. Don't compare me to, you know, Jamie or, or somebody else. Uh, but but it's, it's for our benefit is the reason I bring it up, okay? Um, if we become people who are real critical of our online experiences and stuff, uh, we lose the point of what it's about. What's it about again? worshiping God, right? And, and so 
it will distract us if we end up becoming that. And it's the same way here. We talk about that all the time. You know, if we become people who walk in here and are critical about everything, or, or, but uh, we don't really compare, but we do have that aspect when there's so much online stuff, um, we end up losing what we're here for in the first place. And so just remembering that. Be constantly reminding yourself of what our purpose is, whether you are here or whether you're online, to just remember. And I, and I, I hope that the whole point of why I want to have this conversation is I just felt led by God that we give him everything that we can, wherever we are and wherever we're worshiping. Let me pray, and then we'll move on. Father God, we thank you so much for your love. Your love motivates us to want to honor you, Father, in this way, to worship you. We want it to be more than just words out of our mouths. We want it to be more than just worship in vain. We want, Father, for you to really be glorified, for you to be uplifted and encouraged And so, Father, we just pray that we would take what we just shared with one another, that we would take it and we would apply it for just the sheer benefit of glorifying you and worshiping you, Father. We thank you so much for just what we, the opportunity that we have to be able to be online and how that can complement our worship. But help us, Father, to just realize other reasons that you've created the church. And part of it is just the, the human interaction that we so desperately need to sharpen one another, encourage one another, to lift one another up. And, and uh, just pray, Father, that you would always uh, inspire us and encourage us to be here when we can be here. We just love you very much. We know that you deserve all of our love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.